Money FM 89.3. Best of breakfast. Mind your business only on Money FM 89.3. Welcome to the breakfast show with me, Ryan Huang. Now, many of us are used to matching our food and beverages. How about our cutlery? Well, do you know the most common type of waste being disposed at our incineration plants in Singapore is plastic, followed by food waste and paper. When you think about it, when you take away your food at the food courts or where have you, you, know, you just go through these things very fast and often without a thought. And all that builds up. And that's why plastic use or wastage is a very big deal. It all ends up and it is all adding to the landfills around the world. And the big question now is, what can we do about it? How about the idea of edible Cutlery. So that's been gaining quite a lot of attention and growing in terms of popularity. And on Mind Your Business Today, we'll be speaking with two co-founders of a startup that aims to address the problems of plastic waste and also poor urban nutrition with a single product. So killing two birds with one stone. Let's check in with Anna Lam. She is the co-founder of Crunch Cutlery. Anna, welcome to the show. Hey Ryan, thanks for having me. All right, also alongside you is Ezra Chan. Co-founder as well of Crunch Cutlery. Ezra, welcome to the show. Hi, Ryan. Happy to be here. Yeah, so quite an interesting idea. And if you have the chance to catch us on video, I am holding up the packaging from Crunch Cutlery. It looks a bit like a yellow gift box. And inside it, you will find some sachets that will contain, I believe, in one packet, two pieces of spoons. I've eaten this one. It's a bit half eaten. <laughs> it's um, The one I've just had is Blue Pea Lychee. Sean, across me, had strawberry. I believe we've got other flavours as well. But uh, let me run through this in just a few moments. But let's start with Anna first. You know, Crunch Cutlery is apparently your baby. So what inspired you to have this creation? Oh, that's an interesting choice of word, Ryan. Well, okay, so the genesis of it is that um, I got this idea during the pandemic. Um, I think like a lot of Singaporeans, I had a lot of takeaways, lunch, dinner, sometimes breakfast. Mm. And I actually got an impressive collection of single-use plastic cutlery. It's still on display in my house drawer, uh, never to be used again. So it's one of those things where when you start thinking about it, um, the idea starts to build and it doesn't go away. So it became a little bit like an obsession, right? So I was thinking about my drawer, my mom's drawer, my sister's drawer, friends, family, colleagues, and not to mention, you know, the hundreds of dessert stores around Singapore giving out plastic cutleries and plastic bowls and cups uh, all the time. So I felt like, you know, this was really starting to become an issue for me personally because, you know, I, I've... Uh, gotten quite educated over the sustainability issue and to me it's like well you know it, it doesn't really have to be this way so I saw an opportunity and I've also heard about the concept of edible cutleries before so I started experimenting seeing how you know this could be suitable for the Singapore market and you know the rest is history. Yeah so I'm just looking at the packet so it comes with actually a spoon and a bit of a spork as well so yeah. quite an interesting idea to get around the I guess first the disposable cutlery and then you mentioned the single-use cutlery and I guess some people have a stock of it at home as well, the mm. reusable cutlery. So it's quite interesting take okay. on how you can get around these challenges. It's a very interesting design as well. It's not a typical spoon shape. It's actually a bit of a, I'm not sure how to describe it. It's <laughs> almost like a soup yeah, spoon. So- it took us about five months to design. So this was done in collaboration with the A-Star team. So it's the innovation factory team from the A-Star branch. And my sort of brief to them when I started was, okay, so I need something to eat food with. 
but it can't look like a cutlery. So I'll give you a reason why. Um, let me show you something that's very historical. That's oh, yeah, in I'm quite familiar with that one. It looks like a typical Yeah, so this spoon. is uh, like a regular spoon. So this is actually one of the early prototypes I did back in 2000. Um, not edible anymore. It's, it's been sitting in my fridge <laughs> for three years. So the concept is that I just wanted to see if it works. And we realized that when we made it into a spoon shape, uh, just a regular spoon shape, people didn't want to eat the stem. So like they would eat ah, like half of, half of this. Why? And then they would throw the rest away because it's psychologically people, uh, you know, just, just don't eat spoons, right? So one of the early uh, revelations I had was, okay, it can't look too much like a spoon. Like people have to discover that, oh, okay, I can use it to eat and then I'll eat with it afterwards. Mm. So that was one of the first observations. The second thing is the learning curve. So you notice that there are two parts to the cutlery. There's a spoon and a spork. Because when you first eat with a cutlery, an edible cutlery, you don't know how exactly to use it. So the, the break rate is very high. So our intention was, okay, you use one first, either the spoon or the fork. And when you break it, that becomes like a biscuit or like, a, you know, a, a canopy where you can mm. eat your ice cream or yogurt with then you use the other one to eat it when you become better at using edible cutlery then you can share that so it becomes like i don't know half the price <laughs> so that's sort of the the design intention behind it and there are also design elements like um, yin and yang so if you look at the shape this is how All the right, original right. shape looks like yeah it's like a flattened yin and yang and it goes back to sort of our belief of having balance and harmony you know both from your nutritional perspective and from an environmental perspective Right, you are no, showing us a few pictures of what it used to look like and yeah. it was like a typical soup spoon and it moved on to uh, evolve it into something that looks quite nice, like a bit of a spatula of sorts. What's it made of? Mm. Um, people are going to be curious, no? can I actually eat this? And then they'll be wondering, what's it made of? Yeah, so uh, our ingredient list is fully available on our website. So we are actually uh, categorized as food. So we have to declare the food ingredient list. The base is actually a gluten-free flour mix because a lot of our clientele are actually quite conscious about their food consumption mm. so we do we are very careful to create a vegan friendly gluten-free uh, flour mix so it's a bit like those vegan-free biscuits that you have as the base and then on top of that you know we have different layers of flavors so for example the strawberry was actually made with free strawberry powder and colored with uh, natural red yeast the blue pea that you had is actually uh, blue pea powder. Right. So uh, that is actually the base in which we work with. Uh, we also have to uh, think about the shape and the form. So part of the part of the recipe is actually with the flavor profile. The second part is with the tensile strength. So it's a little bit on the hard side, but we've tried to make it as thin and as palatable as possible. So therefore, you get the, the structural integrity as well. All right, Ezra is bringing it into the conversation right now. And we've been seeing quite a surge in the push for sustainability, especially in FMB, you know, from chopsticks to packaging. To what extent does Crunch Cutlery help to solve the problem? And what's been the reception so far coming from the business community? Yeah, thanks for the question, Ryan. Well, I would say that edible cutlery is still a relatively new concept here in Singapore. And when we first launched Crunch Cutlery, we were excited to be a pioneer in this field, especially for Singapore consumers. So in terms of the you know the extent that we contribute, uh, we estimate that Singaporeans throw away more than 500 million disposable utensils every year, which I think is a huge number in my opinion. And it's only projected to only go up. Uh, as the population increase, we have been proud to make a positive impact so far by preventing up to half a million of those utensils that would have been ended up in a landfill. And we are working on you know, bringing that up 
to other types of foodware as well. Uh, I would say so far the reception has been positive. People that too tend to seem to like it. Mm. Uh, although, you know, it takes a while to get to understand what is an edible cutlery in the first place. Yeah. Yeah, so I've been going around the studio asking if people would be willing to try it. Some of them did. So it's been a range of reactions. Some loved it, some did not. No, has that been your experience trying to pitch it? You need to get over that hurdle. So yeah, definitely. I think it's something that they first have to understand, you know, that you can you can even eat your utensils. But I think once they got around to be able to digest that, then I think uh, <laughs> it shouldn't be a problem. Our, right. our spoons are, you know, designed to be delicious as well. Very nice pun, digest that. Okay, so I'm wondering, is this a new way of looking at edible? spoons, should you be eating it by itself or should you think about it as being a complement to your meal? Uh, so I would say that it's definitely going to be a complement to your uh, to a meal. Uh, we try to have flavours that pair really well with your desserts, your yogurts, and even some of your soups that uh, people consume on a daily basis. Alright, we are in conversation. You've been hearing from Ezra Chan. He is the co-founder of Crunch Cutlery. We also have Anna Lam, another co-founder of Crunch Cutlery. And I'm just wondering about the research now from customers. You know, how much are people willing to pay for these spoons? How do you arrive at the price levels? I'm looking at a website. It's about four ninety for two spoons. And then if you buy more spoons, of course, it gets cheaper. How do you come to this price? And do you see any resistance from people who think, hey, I am paying so much for a spoon, I can just get one for 10 cents um, at a plastic shop? Yeah, I mean, I do agree with you, Ryan. Price is definitely an issue. Um, but for us, what we are doing right now is a lot of niche marketing. Hmm. And I don't think that we are, you know, actively selling in groceries or in the manufacturing, sorry, in the mass market space. Mm. My dog's a little bit excited about the <laughs> podcast. So, yeah, we are not in the mass market space. So we are quite niche at the moment. And uh, when we do talk to customers, of course, you know, the conversations can can go down the road of uh, if I ordered a certain quantity, you know, can we talk a little bit about price? So obviously we do have that conversations as well. Uh, but I think what, what we are working towards is we're just building the idea, building the concept and building the familiarity. Like you mentioned, you know, there there is a little bit of resistance even when, pe- when people first hear about the idea on whether or not this yeah, is something yeah. I would use on a daily basis. So for us, you know, we built the idea, we built the concept, we built the trials. In the back end, what we are doing is actually building our mass production capability. So whether, how can we bring down the price? How can we increase the production in a sustainable way? And how can we bring down the price? So this is something we're working in the background in collaboration with, you know, building the brand. Yeah, definitely something to look forward to. But um, in early stages, typically any product will have a bit of a curve when it comes to educating the public and raising awareness. So when you look at the response so far, where has it been coming forth from in terms of demographics as well as the type of food shops? Which ones have been the one to jump on board first? Mm -hmm. So we trialed initially with uh, individual stores and the reception was a little bit tricky because there were a lot of operational challenges. So, um, for example, we do not directly manage the operations of an ice cream store or a dessert store. So it is up to the staff on whether they wish to promote it or how much do they promote it. So that one was a bit of a challenge for us. Eventually, we decided to move away from that and move towards the retail space. So we do a lot of consumer outreach, we do a lot of school outreaches, Mm. and that's how we get the messaging and the product out. Where we see our biggest sales coming from is actually from the business sector. So we do get a lot of our products purchased as corporate gifts. So in fact, a lot of customers receive it free because it's part of like a corporate bundle. So that's um, two of our primary business models as well. We are looking at going back to the in-store location because that's where we see a lot of opportunities to really do good and to replace single-use cutleries. Yeah, so in-store, you're talking about your supermarkets or will uh, it no, be niche grocery shops? Yeah, so like your ice cream stores. 
Mm, okay, okay. All right, I'm quite excited about this, especially what's in store in the future. So what do you have in mind as the next step for Crunch Cutlery? Because I'm thinking there are so many potential applications and I'm just looking around the office. We use a lot of coffee stirrers and I'm thinking this can actually work um, because if I am thinking about, you no, know, I'm quite a old school guy. I dip my bread and biscuits in Milo. So I'm thinking this can actually work the same way. Yeah, so we, we did experiment on those. Uh, we tried one where we had a spoon, but it comes with like a caramel topping mm. or like a sugar cap so you can use it as a stirrer and then a biscuit afterwards uh, that was a little bit challenging to make so it, it's still in the R&D phase at this point um, in terms of expansion plan I think the most important thing for us is actually to upskill our production because we do have a cap right now and so we had, had to turn down a few customers where we're like oh sorry we cannot hit that certain volume and in terms of exports you know it's also a little bit tricky so our key priority is actually to concentrate the flavours so instead of going into like 10-20 flavours we want to focus on the top 5 top three or top five and then work towards upskilling that production and also trying to make it more accessible to people. Uh, okay, I think that's quite exciting news to look out for. Would there be any particular markets you'd be you know, aiming for internationally first? Uh, yeah, we're looking at Australia. What makes Australia Why Australia? Um, so... <laughs> so we're looking at um, Australia primarily because I think um, the values of sustainability is extremely high there. Uh, edible cutlery has also been introduced to the market. So there are edible cups and edible spoons that mm. are being imported from India. So we believe that, you know, coming from a Singapore market, especially with our stronger food R&D experience, uh, we, would have, uh, we would have an interesting time as the first market to expand to. All right. We've been chatting with Anna Lam. She is one of the co-founders of Crunch Cutlery, as well as Ezra Chan, co-founder as well of Crunch Cutlery. Anna, Ezra, thank you so much for your time this morning. And if you want to check out Thanks Crunch Cutlery, they have a website. You can look at all the flavors. I believe there's about five. If you are keen on you know, making a push to become greener, you can swap out your plastic spoons and forks for some of their edible cutlery. So I had the Blue Pea Lychee one today. Um, we've got a bit of a um, different range of flavors here as well as strawberry. And I think there are a couple more flavors you can check out on the website. So tomato is next one I'm going to try for lunch. Well, thank you guys and we'll catch up again soon. I'll save us on Money FM 89.3. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.